Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. So I was on Facebook and all I saw from other travel advisor friends who were on the same trip as you is caviar, champagne, caviar, champagne. Tell me how that trip was. <laughs> yeah. So I was on the Seaborn Ovation for TPI's Elite Retreat, and this was definitely elite. Uh, it is very fancy. And you can get champagne and caviar anywhere, anytime. On the pool deck, in your room, at any meal, in any restaurant, you can just be like, send the caviar. And they even did a day where they tendered us out to this beach club. And then the captain came out on a Zodiac to deliver champagne and caviar, which they had on like a paddleboard and were in the water giving people glasses of champagne, not glasses, they were plastic champagne flutes, but, and caviar. Did you like caviar? Is that? I did. It was very good. And actually Pam, so Pam Scott is one of the VPs at TPI. She had had caviar years ago and it was gross and fishy. And on the last day of the cruise, she finally tasted it. She's like, I'm kind of mad. I just discovered this (laughs) this whole week. I could have been eating caviar. It was very good. All the food was delicious. Uh, My favorite thing was we had dinner one night and it was called Earth and Ocean. And we're, I didn't know what it was. We're walking up and we're going to eat on the pool deck. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. It was amazing. Amazing. All the food was great. Um, They had hot soufflés for dessert. It was just, and you never, what I loved is you order drinks and you don't have to pull out your card or sign for anything. It's just so smooth. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I did get seasick about halfway through and my stomach was revolting because of all the rich food I was eating. So I, even, even in that situation, I still loved the experience. So I will be happy to try to sell it. And we got to spend time with a lot of suppliers and getting to know them better. It was really great. Well, I love seeing the photos and the photos that you sent me of your bathroom was so crazy. You know, I love a marble bathroom. So imagine me getting a message from you being like, you would die in here because it was like all marble on a cruise ship not only that but it was huge i walk in and i see a separate big tub and shower now the shower was a little tight but whatever separate shove and tap shove and tower (laughs) tower (laughs) (laughs) i almost said tower and shove um (laughs) and then like a like you could do you could twirl around in there um and it was all marble it was Lovely. The rooms are so spacious. We had a walk-in closet. Uh, I did not love the cabin decor. Just it was not to my taste. Very traditional, dark wood. Supposed to be very nautical. That's the theme of everywhere. So, I mean, by no means was it ugly. It was just, you know, not my taste. The beds were comfy. Ice cold air conditioning. And then we ordered room service every morning. And they come in. And they pull out a white tablecloth and they set up the whole table and they make like fancy napkin shapes. And like, it is swanky. <laughs> I finally discovered the way I was intended to live. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. First up on the list is an article from Travel Market Report. Travelers believe that working with advisors is the only way to get a true luxury experience. True story. Yes, yes. I will argue that all day. Um, And it would be a fact. Uh, So they surveyed 600 luxury travelers and found that 81% of them believe that working with travel advisors is the only way to get a true luxury travel experience. That's up 7% from last year's annual luxury travel report. That's put out by Flywire, a fintech company that helps advisors manage payments from clients. Even more respondents, 92%, said that they are likely to use or have already used a travel advisor for trips over the next 18 months, which is up 5% from last year. And 67% said they could not imagine traveling without an advisor, which is up from 1% from last year. Yep. And they said there's uh, many reasons Um, one respondent said an extended vacation with many destinations needs professional support. True story. Another said they make trips as worry-free as possible. The details are taken care of and all I have to do is show up. Some other reasons were travel advisors are one-stop point of contact for their trips. Travel advisors are the best way to create personalized travel experiences and travel advisors can help manage itineraries in real time. Among some of the key benefits that respondents gave that they get from using travel advisors are taking care of everything for them, making sure they know about travel restrictions, solving problems when they happen, providing peace of mind, alleviating stress, helping with COVID-related travel changes, and adding another layer of protection. Yep. They said the report also confirmed what Travel Market Report has been hearing from advisors and suppliers. Luxury travelers want to go for longer and they want to spend more. The report says luxury travelers in particular are eager to continue to invest more in unique experiences to fill their cups after years of staying at home. Of the 600 surveyed luxury travelers, 84% said their next few vacations will be longer than those they took over the past 18 months. And 83% said they plan to spend more on travel in 2023 than they did in 2022, up 11% from last year. For instance, survey respondents reported spending about $3,728 on spring travel in 2022. For spring of this year, they anticipate spending $4,848, so more than $1,000 more. Yeah. Not surprisingly, younger travelers are boosting their travel budgets more than older travelers. 88% of Gen Z and millennial travelers are planning to spend more in 2023 than they did in 2022. 81% of Gen X travelers reported the same. Fewer boomers, on the other hand, perhaps burdened by retirement plans that have taken recent hits, reported an increase in travel budgets. So there's another uh, trend that this article lists, and that's the rise of off-season travel, um, which is also evident in the report's findings. According to the report, 93% of travelers said travel is no longer limited to just one season, with 84% actually saying they prefer traveling in the off-season. 85% attribute their ability to travel most times of the year to hybrid work, and 73% said they're more likely to combine business trips and vacations, also known as leisure travel than in the past. 
That's your tower and shove right there. Yeah, I guess travel. <laughs> we're not going to be able to work people in during shoulder season to get a significant savings anymore. But I yeah. hadn't really considered that. That I mean, still people who have kids in school, they're limited. But a lot of people who don't have children mm-hmm. um, are working from home or can work from anywhere. And mm-hmm. man, it's going to ruin my shoulder season uh, dreams. Yeah, I feel like a lot of folks when they are looking at Europe, for example, or even in Japan, now that it's open, there is still kind of a set peak season. But when I'm looking at pricing, let's just say for Italy, for example, and looking at October, which used to be a pretty good time to go for better pricing, pricing is still like higher than I'm expecting it to be for a time of year that's expect that's typically shoulder season. Yeah, I just did one for May in Italy. Of course, Italy is like the destination this year. Mm-hmm. So, and I just had to write someone an email because they said they had no idea on their budget. And I was like, here it is. Here's what's going on. You're going, you know, you want to go in June, end of June. It's absolute peak season. You're looking at 15,000 plus. Are you comfortable mm-hmm. with that? Like, I have no time. Right, right. <laughs> There's no like, beating around the bush in terms of budgets now, because when you are getting quotes coming in that are easily like, you know, for a four star experience, that's 12 to $15,000 when that used to be a pretty good budget to have. It's just a shock for a lot of people. And so I think being more sure about telling people it's this, so be ready for this. And this is not even including flights. So yeah. Well, we're going to talk about some more statistics. So that was focusing more on the fact that people who want a truly luxury experience understand the value of a travel advisor, because that is how it is. This one is from Travel Agent Central. It's a stats article. 62% of Americans are planning to spend more money on travel in 2023. So we're going right back into. <laughs> but is that is that because they want to or because they have to to get that same experience? I feel like there's a mix. I do think that it is a mix because you have people who have been cooped up and are in YOLO mode and I'm just ready to take it up a notch and really spoil myself. And then you have the people that have been cooped up and realize it is what it is, supply and demand. If I want to travel, this is what it's going to cost. And they're just resigned to it. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting an inquiry from a client and uh, it was, I think a couple months ago and she ended up doubling what her initial budget was that she told me because I showed her all the experiences and what she had to do to get what she wanted. And at the end of the day, she's like, yes, this is what I want. So she ended up doubling it because that was the only way to get it, which because a lot of people have to do these days. Yeah. People are placing a lot of value on those experiences. And a lot of times when people tell you a budget, they really are just pulling a number out of their butt. You know what I mean? And then once you explain here's what it looks like the way you really want it. They will usually Mm -hmm. come up at least meet in the middle. This article says that 90% of Americans have traveled in the last three months, according to a study of 1500 TripIt users, 73% stayed in a hotel, 67% took a domestic flight and 64% took a road trip. 
Even more, despite some concerns about disruptions and cost, 72% of Americans said they're feeling positive about their travel plans in the year ahead. The survey data shows almost three quarters of American travelers uh, plan to fly domestically by August, half plan to fly internationally by then. And regarding the optimistic traveler, 41% say they are looking forward to the trips they have planned. Another quarter are confident that travel disruptions will improve this year. About 18% reply that they are not concerned about getting sick during their trip. And on the other hand, very few Americans are optimistic because of travel costs. Fewer than 5% feel confident costs will go down. Well, first of all, how are only 41% saying they're looking forward to the trips they have planned? That's a sad, sad state of affairs. But I I feel so helpless to to predict what prices will do. I really, mm-hmm. and I've heard a lot of different points of view, like another advisor was saying that she didn't believe that they could sustain these prices, that they're kind of leveraging people's desperation to travel right now, but people aren't going to be willing to pay those prices for very long. I I don't know. Cause I see what Disney has done year over year and yeah, they yeah. still fill their ships and parks all the time. So I, I am telling people, this is what it costs to go to Europe right now. And I don't see it coming down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate the saying it is what it is, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of touching back on the 41% saying that they're looking forward to the trips they have planned. I am, I know it sounds crazy to say, but I am not someone who looks forward to the trips. I kind of dread the travel part of it. Once I get in destination, I love it. But maybe it's people who are just like, just thinking about the entire process of getting there is just so much in the packing. And, and so I just think about all the trips. I usually have a semi meltdown before I go on any trip, even before I went to Chicago for a fun trip. To me, I was still going through the motions of going on a regular work trip. And I was like, why am I feeling negative right now? This is supposed to be fun. I'm actually traveling with Gia. Like, why do I feel so weird about it? And I think it's just, the buildup to it that some people feel stress before a trip. And that's me. But once I get there, I'm good. Like once I'm in destination, I'm like, yes, it was worth it coming out here. But it's not always 100% positive for me before going. That makes sense. I've had a lot of people like, are you getting excited? And they'll just be like, I'll be excited when I get there. Yeah, yeah. So fair enough. In the article, it says that 19% of people are feeling neutral about 2023 travel, and 26% said they've booked their trips far enough in advance to ensure their lodging and transportation plans. Another 23% feel more prepared to navigate travel disruptions, and 16% have budgeted appropriately to afford travel this year. Uh, The 9% who were not very or not at all optimistic were more concerned about disruptions, the cost of travel, and getting sick while on a trip. Yeah. I mean, ships have been getting norovirus. It's not all just COVID. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. The same illnesses are still around. Yeah. Nearly half of respondents who traveled in the past three months did experience some sort of disruption, whether that's a flight delay of an hour or more, canceled flight, or they waited in line for an hour or more. Let me tell you. Being on team carry-on only, the line in the St. Martin Airport to just 
drop your bag was unbelievable. That airport was a mess. They also lost a lot of people's luggage. Oh no. Yeah. Cause we were all leaving from there. And so the WhatsApp was just blowing up. They lost my luggage. One suitcase went to Newark and what, what were oh they doing in there? Just throwing <laughs> luggage and just willy nilly into any pile. They were rolling dice. Just like this number goes here. Yeah. yeah it's whatever. <laughs> um, of those, or I'm sorry. And so 20% said they did receive compensation for the, their disrupted travel experience, though another 12% said they filed a claim but did not or have not yet received compensation. Most said they received a flight voucher or airline miles or points, and just 7% received up to $500 in compensation. So remember how we went to, um, or I had that flight delay last August with um, the KLM flight? Yes. I am so still working through that. There's my, for some reason, my emails are not going through on the email address they gave. So I'm just like reaching out to them on Twitter. I'm like, I'm sending you all the information, but they're not receiving it because then I get an email that says, we haven't heard from you. So we're closing this case until you reach out to us again. And I'm like, I've literally sent you so many emails. So like I'm part of that percentage that's still working on getting some kind of compensation. Well, I don't trust them because we were, when we were leaving Croatia, we were delayed for four and a half hours and every other flight, every other airline was taking off and they claimed weather, that it was too windy for them to land. So I I don't know, maybe it was the size of the plane, but it was, it's hinky. It's a real hinky mm. story. Yeah. Well, I'll still be working on it because our delay was two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said that of those who received compensation, 78% plan to use it toward a trip this year. Nearly half plan to use theirs toward a trip they were already planning, and more than a quarter will put it toward a new trip. As for cost, 79% of respondents said inflation has affected their travel planning for the year, a 22% increase over the September 2022 survey. The result, 26% said they have budgeted more than usual for travel, while 18% said it has caused them to plan fewer or different types of trips. 10% uh, of Americans are planning to spend $10,000 or more on travel. Another 17% will spend between five dollars and $10,000. An additional 35% will spend at least $1,500 or more. That equates to 62% of Americans who will be spending more despite or due to inflation in 2023. I like the trend. I, I don't like it if it's <laughs> just inflation, but what I'm noticing is people just being willing to spend more on a better experience. That's what I'm seeing in my business. Yeah. I have a client that I'm working with and they have a $15,000 budget and we're trying to work around that. And one way we're doing it is to choose Sorrento over Positano. And, you know, we're doing different things to try and bring the cost down. But then like when they come back to me, they're just like, well, we really want this. And I'm like, can you increase your budget? And he's like, this is our max budget. And I'm just like, then you cannot have that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like I go to the store and I say, I want this item, but I don't have, like, it's item that costs $30, but I only have $10. Like, I still want this. Can I have it? No, you cannot. Last on the list is an article from afar. 
lost your passport, here's how to get a new one quickly. And I, one of the things that I tell clients, and I know you probably do too, is to make a copy of their passport and like leave one at home or like take a picture of their passport. And um, if it's not already in your pre-departure things to send to clients, that's something that I really do recommend adding in there just in case. Um, and also one reason why I ask my clients to send me a picture of their passport or just ha have me keep a copy, another reason. Um, so yep. this article says that losing your passport is a frightening and confusing experience. Whether you can't locate that all important blue book at home or have misplaced it while traveling in another country, the one consolation is that it's possible to get another one quickly. And so they have listed out a process for you to follow. This is also a really great social media Just post. was going to say that. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so the first thing you should do is report your lost or stolen passport that it can be canceled. You can do it online, on the phone, or by mail. Your passport is no longer valid as soon as it's been reported lost or stolen. So canceling it online or by phone are the best options to prevent anyone else from using your passport immediately. So if you're in the U.S. and you lose it somewhere at home, uh, you'll need to use a specific form, form DS-11, which is specific to missing your passports. This must be done in person at a passport acceptance facility, including some post office offices, where documents are processed and then mailed to a passport office. You can make an appointment online, but if you have travel plans within three weeks, it is better to go to a passport agency, which can handle the application on the spot or at least within a few days. If you are in a foreign country, you need to visit the U nearest U.S. embassy or consulate. And there's a link in here to, to that that could be used. I have that in my travel prep, which might require travel to a different city within that country. They're typically in the capital or largest cities. There you'll have to apply for and receive a new passport before you can return to the United States. You might be able to use a passport card if you're entering by land from Canada or Mexico, but once you cancel your passport, your passport card will become invalidated too. When you go to the embassy, bring a passport photo, another form of government issued identification like a driver's license, proof of US citizenship like a photocopy of your passport, and your travel itinerary. Since this process will get delayed even further if you've also lost your government issued identification, we recommend keeping photocopies of your documents somewhere else you access, such as on your phone or in your Google Drive. I have like an album on my phone that's important documents and it has my vaccination card, passport. I'm gonna put my driver's license. I have my Mexican ID in there. Two forms have to be in completed for in-person application overseas. They have them linked here. One of the forms includes a statement on the circumstances of how and where you lost your passport. If you believe your passport was stolen, it is helpful, although not necessary, to file a police report. Replacement passports can be issued within a day or two if needed, but only during business hours. Weekends and holidays may add extra wait time. Is this something that travel insurance would be helpful for. I feel like if you had to extend your stay because you're waiting for your passport, like it would be very helpful to have. I think insurance. so. I was, it would definitely be worth checking. I'm yeah. definitely going to bookmark this article mm -hmm. um, because it has links to the forms and the embassies and all of that. It'd be nice to have yeah. on hand if someone contacted me like, I lost my passport. <laughs> um, if you're somewhere with an entry or exit visa, um, 
that's something to consider as well, because there are some places where they stamp the visa into your passport and then they'll check it on the way out to, to yep. see the date and things like that. So um, make sure you can make sure to consider any necessary visas that some countries require for entry and exit because they were issued in conjunction with the original passport. They will need to be reapplied for, which can add extra time and cost. You will need the replacement passport before you can apply for any necessary visas. I wonder how that works when they stamp your visa at the airport, though. You apply for another one? Yeah, I think you have to, but you have to have the replacement passport first, I guess. Mm -hmm. So important tips to remember when replacing a lost passport. Always have a photo or photocopy of your passport. I keep it on my phone and then I have paper copies. Like I'll toss one in my suitcase. Like what if your whole purse got stolen with your phone in it? Yeah, yeah. So I'll put one separately into my suitcase and then leave, leave. I always tell people, leave a copy with someone at home so that they can, mm-hmm. you know, I almost said fax it over. They could fax it. Because <laughs> I'm 80. You won't be able to use your original passport if you find it. That's important to remember. Your replacement passport is valid for 10 years with some exceptions. I guess if you have lost your passport once before, then your new one will only be valid for a year and you won't be eligible for a full validity passport for another 10 years, assuming you don't lose it again in that time period. That means you'll have to reapply every year for 10 years. Ooh, I didn't know that. (laughs) If you were issued an emergency passport overseas, this may also be limited in validity This means that within six months, you will have to apply for a new passport again and pay additional passport renewal fees, but that new passport will be valid for the standard 10 years. This answers your question. You can use your travel insurance to cover the cost of replacing your lost passport. It can help cover the associated cost of getting the replacement passport, including flight change fees. But before you fork over for insurance, check to see if the credit card you use to pay for the trip includes similar benefits. No. Get travel insurance. Yes, <laughs> I disagree. You apart. need yes, yes, yes. You need another form of protection. Yeah. If you have two valid U.S. passports, you can use the second one to get home. Yes, it's possible to get a second passport, and I'll be visiting this link after we record to see what that is. I didn't know this. Um, if you have two valid U.S. passports, you will still need to apply for a new one to get home. If you are traveling with only one, if you have both with you, then you can use the second one to get home. If you lose your passport in the U.S., you can still use your other passport to travel while you apply for a replacement because it has a different number. Hmm. You don't need to reapply for global entry, but you do need to update your information. So you just have to go log in to the website and enter your new passport number. Same is true with the mobile passport app, which will also require your new passport number. So when I was in Austria... And I haven't really looked into this, but someone was telling me in Austria that if you lose your passport, you can go into a McDonald's and the manager at the McDonald's like will know how to help you get a new passport. Like someone from the Austrian tourism board told me that on my trip. So now I feel like I need to go look it up. Austria is an extremely efficient and practical country. And this this would not surprise me. (laughs) <laughs> it's a smart thing to do. Make sure McDonald's managers, where a lot of Americans would feel comfortable going, yes. would know. Smart. Ready for some excess baggage? Oh, yeah. 
It's time for Access Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Age West, North Star Travel Group, the parent company of Travel Age West, has named two travel advisors as the new co-chairs of its Black Travel Advisory Board. Taking the helm are Valerie Dorsey, franchise owner of Cruise Planners, and Stephen Scott, owner and founder of Travel Hub 365. Travel Weekly reports that travel agencies that charge fees, whether they're a one-time consultation fee, a subscription fee, a ticketing fee, or something else entirely, are now in the firm majority. Another article from them says that Oceana is remixing the beverage offerings on Vista. The mixology program is meant to upgrade the current beverage options by onboarding contemporary trends seen at land-based bars and resorts. Travel Pulse reports that Eurobound has unveiled a luxury 12-night family itinerary, which explores (laughs) Paris and Provence. Accommodations include a two-bedroom apartment and connecting rooms. The itinerary is loaded with family fun. An article from afar says that Alma Waterways will be the first and only cruise line sailing Columbia's Magdalena River when their journeys launch in 2024. Travel Agent Central reports that Home Be Like, the exclusive vacation rental home destination within the Dominican Republic comprising over 300 vetted and verified luxury homes, apartments, and townhomes, (sighs) is now available for booking in one of Playa del Carmen's most vibrant residential neighborhoods. That was a long one. (laughs) Another one from them announces that Sea Cloud 2 will set sail for its first season with Lindblad Expeditions National Geographic on May 15, 2024 through September 20th, 2024. Throughout the summer, the ship will sail three unique itineraries with exclusive tours and locally inspired excursions and unique ports of call like Havar, Croatia, and Amalfi and Genoa in Italy, balanced by off-the-beaten-path explorations of coastal towns less traveled as guests have come to expect from Lindblad Expeditions National Geographic. According to Travel Market Report, Marriott is bringing the Ritz-Carlton to Lake Como. And our high note today is also from Travel Market Report. China has reopened borders for travelers for the first time in three years. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.